Danny, Travis, it's good to have you and the rest of my podcast friends here for my board-funded Kaiju Podcasters Banquet. Thanks for having us. I can't say no to free food on some supervillain's dime. And you'll never see me turn down an opportunity to visit Monster Island. Unless it's to taste test uh, Dr. Dorf's mushrooms. That dude weirds me the heck out. I just want to see Clifford before he leaves. I have to confirm my theory that he's an emotional vampire. <laughs> Travis, I'm pretty sure the scientists here would have figured that out. Then how do you explain Michael needing a hiatus on Kaiju Weekly after we covered that movie? It's because Clifford drained him when he visited the island last month. Or he's just a little burnout. Nope, it's because of Clifford. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Michael, where is that power tripping lug? I uh, kind of wanted to talk collector shop with him. That's a good question, because he sponsored today's broadcast on MIFE Max, and I still don't know what we're discussing. Something about that old cliche, green with envy? Well, speaking as Michael's co-host, he's kind of like that. It drives me crazy. Hey, Jimmy, have you heard from Michael? Jimmy! I'm so sorry, Mr. Marchand, but your producer had to... bolt. <laughs> is, uh, is that who I think it is? If you're thinking of the board's pretentious little British envoy, yeah, it's WHG3. Not one of your better witticisms, but what was I expecting from a bloody yanker like you, Nate? I'm going to call security and have you arrested and then have Raymond prosecute your crumpet-loving uh, face for I assaulting Jimmy. I wouldn't Jimmy. do that, Mr. Marchand. I wouldn't do that. If either you or your associates try to contact anyone outside of these rooms, well, let's just say your contract may not be renewed. Just wait until Michael gets here. He will Lord gatekeep you into next Christmas. That would be a concern for me, if he were coming. What? what? Don't worry, he's very much alive. I simply made it worth his while by offering him a certain colorful vinyl toy that he'd been lusting after. Something in the form of a Ghidorah or something of that nature. I don't know how it is you collectors are into this type of thing. It seems quite childish to me. I even had it wrapped and topped with a bow, so I'm sure he'll be having a very Merry Christmas, I assure you. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal, Michael! Don't worry, I'll yell at him on the next episode of Kaiju Weekly. Eh, no you won't. All right, spill it, Oliver Twisted. Why the Godzilla in hell are you doing this? Simply put, Mr. Marchand, vengeance. Vengeance for your little social experiment in episode 50. The board was quite cheesed off at a chaff like you outing them to the world and undermining everything that we have tried to build. How predictably petty of all of you. <laughs> oh, still full of beans after surviving everything we've thrown at you. The year of Gamera, the memos, the busy work, the Megalon crate. Shooting you into space and making you watch your producer's docudrama, I guess if you can call it that, was to be our grand crescendo. But alas, your stubbornness knows no bounds. And as I've said before, Mr. Marchand, how very American of you. I'll take that as a compliment. 
Of course you will. But now, Mr. Marchan, the board has sent me here to make you and your unfortunate guests see a film that cannot be unseen. And if you want to escape this studio, your devolution into madness must be documented and must be broadcast to the rest of the island. And to paraphrase a very good friend of mine, that does make my mouth water. After the year I've had, there's nothing you can throw at me that will hurt. So, in the words of the Great One, just bring it. That's the spirit, Nate. Yeah. Well, remember, Nate, can I call you Nate, mm -hmm. or do you prefer Mr. Marchand? Remember, you asked for it. Today, the Monster Island Board of Directors is proud to announce that you are now mandated to watch Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century. No! Live from the KIJU studios in beautiful Ogasawara, this is the Monster Island Film Vault, episode 55, Yeti Giant of the 20th Century. Hello, Kaiju lovers, and welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu, although I don't think I had a whole lot of that today, either one of them, because, oh boy, today. Today was a little unexpected, but at least I had an experience, to say the least, with a couple good friends of mine, one of whom is the co-host of Kaiju Weekly, my co-host on Henshin Men, a spinoff podcast that you should all be listening to, and the co-founder of Kaiju Ramen Magazine, that would be Mr. Travis Alexander. I don't know what you're talking about. I was extremely enlightened by this episode. Like, I reached nirvana with this movie. I, yeah, I have a good, good for you and then the other person who joined us today is the author and creator of the godzilla novelization project the, uh, the dandy man can himself danny demana you sound a little tired there nate you uh you doing okay you're looking a little glassy-eyed did you forget what we watched today no no, I actually had kind of a Putin and a half watching it. Uh, a Putin? I didn't know this was a Russian movie. A, po a, po uh -oh. a Putin and a half. A, po <laughs> oh a Putin and a half. Uh, we are already doing bad voice. You can tell we're going to be a little loopy, I think, during uh, this episode. Just yeah. Just yeah, me especially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks uh, for the nice intro, though, but uh, I kind of wish Michael was here. That would have yeah, been nice. Yeah, that's... Uh, he was... He was supposed to be here, but uh, changes happened. Kind of like the guy in the producer booth right now. Oh, boy. Mr. Marchand, uh, you seem to be forgetting to introduce someone quite important to this episode. 
Of course, of course. This would be Mr. William H. George III Esquire. There, are you satisfied now? No, not quite. Mm. I am William H. George III, the special envoy of the Monster Island Board of Directors. And I am here because I gave Jimmy the day off, so to speak. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's sleeping it off right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Too soon. Resting peacefully as we speak, I'm sure. Yes, for sure. But uh, do you want to tell everybody what you had us watch today, good sir? Oh, I would. Oh, I absolutely would. We watched a fantastic, well, by we, I mean you, you three, and I didn't watch it at all. You three had to watch a masterpiece of Canadian cinema. It's actually Italian, but who's keeping track? Italian, Canadian, it doesn't matter, Mr. Marchand. How dare you interrupt me? Tomato, tomato. We watched this Mr. Alexander, please. I am talking. (laughs) See what I've had to put up with for a year, Travis? (laughs) We watched this beautiful movie. Well, you watched this beautiful movie. And I'm going to sit back and watch you three devolve. I mean discuss it like civilized gentlemen. Yes, that would be Yeti Giant of the 20th century in case anyone was wondering. Uh, this Nate, movie has you, a story you, to history. You, look, you really don't look well, <laughs> Nate. Where's that bloody bottle opener here? Uh, what was that? Found it. What was that? Uh, nothing. Just carry on. Okay. Danny, you remember when I had you on last a few months ago for Gamera Super Monster? I did. It was a blast. You kind of went insane that time, too. Yeah, I think I owe Gamera Super Monster an apology. What was that? No way. I, oh my gosh, he admitted it. He admitted it. Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear I, that? What I there? heard he was, it. I think I heard a clinking glass. I thought that meant that our little British friend was going to interrupt us. Okay. What do you, what do you, got, what do you have to say, man? No, Go ahead. It's, it's fine. Just carry on. I'm, I'm trying to do something here in the producer booth. Okay. Oh, are, you, are, you pour, are you pouring something? What is that? It, it doesn't matter, Mr. Demand. Okay. Just keep talking. Okay. Anyway, okay. anyway, I mean, I just, yes. Okay, well, yeah, I, I remember that episode, and I remember uh, enjoying the movie exponentially more than you did. But you owe it an apology, you say? Yes. Yes, I think I do. This hurt. Wow, Yeti, Yeti got you that bad, huh? Yeah, it hurt. It hurt so much. <laughs> At what? I don't... I... Uh, excuse me. I, I want to know, A, what he's drinking, and B, can I have some? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering that myself. You might want to mute your mic, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Alexander, uh, I will. Mr. Demana, come over here, and I will hand you a glass oh, uh, okay. so, I can, so I can pour Mr. Alexander a nip of what I'm drinking. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nate, talk about the movie. I will be right back. Just give me a sec here. Oh, sure, Danny. Abandon me. He's someone needs to... A, someone needs to do a plot synopsis for this. Nip. Oh, God, we're not even there yet. Hey, Travis, you want to do the plot <laughs> synopsis for this movie? Okay. Hold on, um, Hold on there, Travis. Hold on. I have your drink. You should probably have a swig of this before you start talking about this movie. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, what? Okay, why does it smell funny? And uh, just drink why it. Is it. Just drink uh, it. You didn't just visit Doctor uh, Dorif before this, did you? No, I actually oh, pulled geez. this from my private collection. Mr. Okay. Okay. 
I don't know if this is what I thought it was, but thank you. You're welcome. It's better than nothing. You're welcome. N- so let's say this- that we don't treat our guests with the utmost respect. Uh, okay. What's this movie about? Okay, so one of the members of the Bee Gees was frozen <laughs> in the ice of Canada, but actually Italy, but actually Canada. Uh, they defrost him, but he he's actually a yitty or yitty or however the many different ways they... <laughs> however they pronounce it in this movie because they pronounce it like 10 different ways uh, and he goes things run amok and weirdness happens and yeah i, I don't know i kind of blacked out halfway through yeah and like uh I, I was sitting there things like i've already seen this movie it's called king kong 1976 uh, yeah, even the music, even the music sounded like John Barry's music in like a couple of spots when it wasn't Carmina Burana over and over again. Oh yeah, you mean the when Look, the you mean when this group called the Yetians uh, do the theme the song Yetians. and it sounds like the Bee Gees slumming Yetians. it after Saturday Night Fever. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh boy, Mr. Marchand. We're not allowed to talk about the Yetians on this podcast. The contractual obligations, please. Thank you. Uh, but they made the soundtrack for this movie. Ah, okay, fine, fine. No. I mean, fine. we can just talk about so, Carmina so Burana this... <laughs> the rest of the time. That's oh, the best yes. part. Oh, yes, that was indeed the best part. She is in, She is a lovely woman. She's quite beautiful. I don't uh, know who's more beautiful, her or Nate, your your pseudo-sister. Jessica. Oh, don't. She's, don't. she's quite beautiful as well. Oh, don't. 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 Wow. I might be, I might be, you know, neck deep in misery right now, but I will still go big brother on your little British butt right now. I don't care if everyone hears it. Well, from what I understand, she's taken a liking to handcuffs. Either you're wow. lying or I'm going to have to have a talk. Wow. Thanks for inviting me on the show today, Nate. This isn't uncomfortable at all. Yeah, 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 like this yeah. movie, like this Especially movie. You know what? Uh, oh, okay, the the song and not the actress. Uh, okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm looking at my little desk, uh, my little laptop right here that I use for the show, and I see that apparently you, Mister George Three, attempting to be a decent producer today, has sent me a bunch of notes that he wants me to go through. Oh, how wonderful of you! Thank you. Maybe you are quite welcome, Mr. Marchand. I wanted to do my due diligence to make this episode as easy on you as humanly possible. Now, I do have one very important question. How in green hell did this movie get into the film vault? Because I never acquired it. Let's just say we play the long game at the Monster Island Board of Directors, Mr. Marchand. Are you sure about that? I might have lent them a copy after Kaiju Quarantine. Travis. Oh, Kaiju Quarantine. Tra- Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Alexander. I mean, Your compensation is waiting for you at the boardroom. Wow. Well, well, I didn't know it was going to be used against myself. Uh, I mean, you know. Well, that's funny because I could have swore I saw a package come in addressed to the film vault and not to me from a certain dandy man about this time last uh, year. 
that there are a lot of guys named Dandy Man out there. Let's not get crazy. Hold on now. Hold on. It said, okay, guys, 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 I can explain. I can explain. It was a, it was supposed to be a gag gift. It was supposed to be a gag gift. It was the Blu-ray of the movie. It was just supposed to be a joke. I didn't even think he was going to open it. Is that, is that what's in the vault right now? I have my suspicions, but apparently both of you have brought copies. So I'm going to take a wild guess, though, that the one we saw today was the one you sent, Dandy Man, because the restoration in this movie is just, it's its mind-bogglingly good. I have to say that this is far better than the one we watched in Kaiju Quarantine 2, which looked like it had been bathed in Vaseline for 40 years. <sighs> well, I mean, at least he got a nice you know, copy for the, for the vault. I did. I, I didn't think I was going to have to sit and watch it. I thought I was going to put it in the mail, send it to you and then never have to think about it again. Uh, I don't know who I need to be uh, ticked at right now. You or my recently outed employers. So anyway, I think we just need to start talking about this movie. Yeah, we do. Travis sent you a copy. I sent you a copy and then he made you watch it. And we're, we're all kind of culpable. We all had to sit and watch it. So we're, we're all in it together. Mistakes were made. Yeah. Let's just talk about why, why do I have, Oh my gosh. Uh, What what was that? that, That's pretty much like the, the subtitle of this movie is mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Okay, that's a good that's a good one. See, we're kind of picking up the atmosphere in here a little bit, getting some jokes going on. Yeah, um, I'm gonna need I mean, it. I guess I can. I guess I can dive into some of like the history that I do know about this film. It's oh yeah, because I, uh, I looked into it and I, I'm looking over the stuff that Mr. George sent over to me, and apparently he went to the trouble of contacting a friend of the podcast, John Lemay, and got some inside information from a new edition of Kong Unmade about Ooh. this movie. Because John is apparently making a second edition that will be out soon. Oh, I'll be buying that. 100%. I'll need to add it to the Sekizawa library. But we can blame Kong 76 for this more directly than I thought. This isn't just a knockoff. No, it's not just a knockoff. It's indirectly connected to De Laurentiis. Yes, it is. I actually know this story. Go ahead and tell it. Tell the nice people at home. (sighs) From what I'm looking at here... He wanted to make another ape movie because of the success of Kong. It was going to be titled Yeti, the Abominable Snowman. God, I find myself really wishing I was just watching Half Human again, and that's been locked away forever because reasons. <sighs> Why didn't they lock this one away? All right. You can do this, Nate. Read, all right, read, all right. breathe, and then read. Uh, oh, oh, come on. Uh, Mr. Marchand, might I give you some advice? Sure. You sound a little bit distressed, so it would make you you and your cohorts here and your audience listening a little bit at ease if you would just calm down. Duly noted. Anyway, his screenwriter for this project, Mr. De Laurentiis, was a... Fa- uh, quick question. Does Mr. Crane keep snacks in the booth here? I don't know. I don't spend a whole lot of time in the producer booth. Duly noted. Thank you. Anyway, anyway, the screenwriter he had for this Yeti project was a guy named Giorgio. One more question. Uh, What about soft drinks or anything other than, well, adult beverages? 
Check the green room. There's a fridge there. Anyway, was a fellow named Giorgio Moserin. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. I'm a dirty, dirty American. What can I say? Who spoke with another... I can confirm that you are indeed a dirty, dirty American, Mr. Marchand. I'm glad we agree on something, finally. Anyway, he spoke to a competing producer named Nicola Pomelia at Stefano Films, which made this movie. He talked about this project, and then soon afterwards, suddenly Pomelia started working on a competing movie called Yeti, subtitled Bigfoot. That sounds a tiny bit confusing, to say the least, because they are not the same thing. Very similar, but not the same thing. And for De Laurentiis, it was deja vu all over again, because if you heard my episode on King Kong 76, and even a little, actually even more so in the King Kong Lives episode, you find out just the legal shenanigans that went on because of Kong 76. So he was doing it all over again because there was a competing Kong movie at the time. And now he was had a competing Yeti movie going on and he took this guy to court over it. Ooh, what are these? Uh, Delicious. Uh, and he, uh, they ended up, he, had, good Lord. This it's, episode is going to take forever. Uh, like I said, shut off your mic. Anyway. What did you say, Mr. Monchan? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Moving on. So he took the guy to court, but eventually dropped it. However, he did get Pomelia to change the title because originally it was going to be titled... Actually, the competing film was was Yeti. Yeah, the competing title was Yeti, but then he changed it to Giant of the 20th Century. And there's even more connections because Pomelia had, as we saw in this movie, had a life-size animatronic prop made of the of the Yeti's hand as a publicity stunt, just like in Kong 76. But And he even showed it off on a Sunday night TV sh- uh, special as some sort of mechanical marvel. However, he had one very important absence, and that was R- Carlos Rambaldi, because... He made this full-size replica that we see a couple of times. The thing was 25 feet tall, but it was just a prop from the, what is it, Viraggio Carnival. He made two of them. That thing didn't even move. At least the one in Kong 76 could move. He also, you want to talk about ambitious. He wanted to set and shoot this movie in the Himalayas. Oh, yeah, that would have worked. Question. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Nate. You were doing such a fine job, I promise. Mr. Alexander, could you please bring the hot sauce that you have sitting beside you into the booth, please? Thank you. Oh, okay. Anyway, when he thought he was going to film in, in the Himalayas and then decided to cut costs by going to Canada. Funny enough, they still film most of the movie in Cinecita. Cinecitia? Cinecita, I'm looking at it, which was around Rome, and they only filmed a few scenes in Canada. I wonder what those were. Probably the ones with all the flags. Oh, God, the flags. In case you didn't know, this took place in Canada. Oh, it reminds you a lot. You see the flag, what, every two minutes it felt like? We have a business called the Maple Leaf Enterprises and things like that. The only thing that they... all over this thing. Yeah, the only thing... What? What? You had something to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm no, I was just I was just going to say that that technically qualifies it 
as not just Kong exploitation, but also Canuck exploitation. Oh, of course it does. Of yes. course it does. It's so weird. This movie has such a weird identity crisis because it's an Italian movie set in Canada and made in Canada on. and just, ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's not the only crisis. Yeah, well, the the only thing that they were missing was they needed to have all of these characters saying, hey, every other sentence. Because, yeah, yeah. So congratulations, my Canuck friend, Chris Cook. You got a kaiju movie to your country's credit. I hope you're happy. He's probably not. I wouldn't be. Uh, if I was Canadian, I'd be kind of teed. Well, going on yeah. about some of the other, some background things on this, there were actually early pre-production drawings where the Eddie was going to wear a loincloth. He probably should have. I and think he, uh, I, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, it, I, what he needed was a bra. A fur diaper. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? He should have worn a loincloth instead of the fur diaper that he has in yes. this movie. Yes. But did you, uh, how about this for you? They actually have supposedly filmed two endings. So it's like King Kong versus Godzilla. Almost someone's going to find the other ending, aren't they? The other ending to King Kong versus Godzilla? No, the other ending to this movie, because apparently there were two of them. I'm just making sure. No, oh no, (laughs) I am not so delirious that I'm going to start peddling that fake news around. Yeah, I was a little worried there because if you start believing that, then I know this movie started rotting your brain. Oh, but yes, was, it did. Uh, but no. What's uh, the other ending? Well, here's a quotation from John's upcoming book. Quote, and though the Yeti lives at the end of the movie, spoiler warning, an alternate ending was shot according to Pomelia as quoted in an old issue of House of Hammer. Mr. Machan, you look very hungry. These chips are delicious. Would you like some? I'm fasting. Anyway... When he stated, I am shooting two different endings. In one of them, my Yeti is destroyed. End quote. That's apparently the long and short of it. Would have, you know, again, connected it more to Kong 76 because, of course, Kong dies at the end of that one. Kong always dies. What are you talking about? Most of the Kong exploitation from the late 70s had the like mighty Peking man. He he dies very brutally in that film. Uh, The only other one I can think of from that era where the the ape doesn't die at the end is uh, Queen Kong. Oh, Queen Kong. Uh, I'm sure there are other ones. I mean, there's a lot of Kong exploitation. You know, John actually think of that where she lives. uh, John actually said this movie is stranger than both ape. Another infamous Kong exploitation movie yeah. and Queen Kong. How is that possible? I've seen clips of both of those movies. How? How? Yeah, Queen <sighs> Queen Kong. And surprisingly, is- this movie is more sexualized than even the '76 Kong, which uh, <laughs> is, 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 uh, uh, is saying something. Uh, that oh, was good. awkward and kind of gross and weird and uh, yeah, but. According to John, because this movie succeeds at having more pathos than the other two, he actually thinks it's better. I, I'm going to actually kind of agree with, with at least for Queen Kong. Queen Kong is not, like, terrible, but it, it there's, like, very little in this world that's as, like, emotionally crushing as a comedy that's not funny and or a parody that's not funny. And Queen Kong is not a particularly funny film, although yeah. it very much tries to be. But uh, yeah, it th- for what I understand, yeah. it thinks it's Monty Python, but it's not Monty Python. It was really try. It was really gunning for Monty Python there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What? A, that's a weird. When are you going to do that one on the show, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, now? Yeah. As a fellow Brit, 
I just have to say that I am in favor of anything Monty Python coming onto the podcast. I think it would Queen elevate- Kong is not Monty Python. If Monty Python did a King Mr. Kong parody, Marchand. it would have been brilliant. Mr. Marchand, I suggest that you quelch your tone immediately. Anyway, I, maybe the Stockholm Syndrome is starting to set in with this because I was actually a little bit surprised by the amount of pathos in this, and I felt like it was undeserved, so, so very undeserved. And there are even points, because the only time I've ever seen this before was the really, really shoddy version that we saw on Kaiju Quarantine 2. I don't remember the special effects actually looking anywhere close to decent and somehow they do look decent, but then they also look awful. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's either, it's either decent or awful. There is no middle ground for this movie. Bite your tongue. (laughs) Bite my tongue for what? The special effects in this movie are brilliant. Explain. What other movie takes the time and the money and the energy into creating a full size inflatable. No, 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 no. You had to go there. Oh, you had to go there. Oh my gosh. That does that. Movie that would go through the trouble. Of hiring someone. Yeah, that's a job description that they hired somebody for, dude. That is on someone's resume in the world. And I want to meet this person. No, you don't, because this nipple is neither human (laughs) nor female. That's the only that's the only issue you have with that. Excuse me. Are you assuming? Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to go there. You (laughs) don't want to go there because... (laughs) Slippery slope. Yeah, that is a slippery slope. Also, that actor, his name is Memo Crow. I hope I said that right. He's definitely a dude. That is a dude's face. And you know what's funny? It was funny. Apparently, this guy was known for being handsome at the time. And you know what he had just been in before this movie? And he didn't have a whole lot of... Credits to his name. No, he was in in Jesus of Nazareth. I thought he was Jesus. I've joked about how this is Yeti Christ. He actually wasn't Jesus. He was the apostle Thaddeus. Yes. So I've gotten it wrong all this time. You know what else he was in? He has a couple other titles to his name. Mr. Machand, who are you calling fat? I didn't say anything about fat. You said fat. You you, You said fattius. Is it, wasn't no, it? Th- Thaddeus. Thaddeus, oh, man. Oh, yeah. quite. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. yes. Uh, but anyway, while we're here, while I've got your attention, I agree with Mr. Alexander. It was a very poignant point you made, good sir, about the nipple and the production of this film. In fact, I would dare to say this is considered to be, what, nips, nip, talk, nip, nip, uh, shoot, nipple, talk, nibble, satsu, maybe? Uh, nipple uh, nipple satsu how many of those uh, drinks have you had there uh, what's what is he drinking i thought he was supposed to be getting soft Something drinks that made the, the the joke nipple satsu seem like a good idea to say out loud uh, um, i yeah. have no idea what you're talking what was that whoa what 
I have no idea what you're talking about, Mr. No, 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 no. That was not your voice. I, we just, what was that? I, that was not your accent. I, okay, okay, no, okay. Didn't. Let's just get through so, this. Somehow we ended up in Ireland for a second. That was, that was Ireland? I Let's, let, okay, let's just get through this. But you know what else that Memo Crow was in? A little movie called it's Sex Mimo. with a Smile. It's hmm. Mimo. Mimo. Okay, fine. Mimo. Mimo Crow was in another movie called Sex with a Smile. It's an anthology yes. sex comedy. Oh, that sounds splendid. Yes. It is a sketch comedy anthology that highlights Italian sexual humor. Interesting. I've never heard Which of this Which I feel like is really just kind of like the flip side of the Yeti coin. Because really... <laughs> I, I've always described Yeti as a 1970s porno, but without the sex. So it's like all the sex from Yeti just went into sex, sex with, with a smile. smile and oh, where the, oh, where's the bloody it, fun in that? You're not clinking the glasses. Who invited you on the show? Uh, uh, you want to hear? You want to hear something about the director? His name is not Frank Kramer. I guess that was no, a stage not. name. It's Gianfranco <laughs> Parolini. You know what this guy yes. did? He didn't hit this. This is the only monster movie to this guy's credit. This guy was known for making spaghetti westerns like the Sabato trilogy, which gets advertised on the Blu-ray. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I had to look it up. It does sound good. Uh, uh huh. I the, the only thing that he can lay claim with that is that in the second one he had Yul Brenner. Yippee skippy. And he also did sword and sandal flicks and crime dramas. And he thought he could do a, a Yeti nipple movie. Good on him. I mean, what did what did Honda do before he did Godzilla? Dramas. So what did uh, Shusuke Kaneko do before Gamera? Action movies. Before that. And young guy comedies. Before that, uh, uh, ultra yeah. porn. Don't, I, uh, you don't have to finish that sentence. It's fine. Yeah, I've already talked about it, and my brain is fried. But uh, you, you know what? Fright.com had to say about this movie. Here's uh, here's one for you. This oh, they didn't put this on the on the Blu-ray box. Here you go. Quote: An absolute jaw dropper. Even the most dedicated bad movie buff will be appalled by this hilarious abomination. Wow. I mean, my jaw did drop on multiple occasions, and there were a couple of times where I forgot it was still dropped. I will be honest. Yeah. But, uh, did did yeah. the flies fly in? Yeah. Although we're pretty good I about it. I did swallow some kind of something that was buzzing, and uh, that's what actually alerted me to the open mouth yeah, situation. Yeah. It might have been a like I don't know, like a baby megalon or something. I don't know. Yeah, you got to get some like bug trap set up in the screening room, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So right. uh, just. For just for the shake of uh, uh, the shake, the sake of facts, uh, the movie was released December twenty third in Italy, nineteen seventy seven, and it got came to America March nineteenth, nineteen eighty, and then it was re released. It got re released. Why was it re released? Yes, a, a fun fact, Mister Marchand. December the twenty third is actually mine and my first wife's anniversary. Oh. Good for you. It's a week. Uh, it's like a week after Jimmy's birthday, I think. Anyway, and then it got re-released April 23rd, 1999. Well, I'm guessing nobody saw it because I never heard anything about this. And it was released by Miramax. It was on TV in, 19, in May 19, 1984 in America. Did they have to censor this? I don't know. I feel like they probably would have had to trim something. Some things out. Did John have any insight? I couldn't find any info on... Uh, 
why it was re-released in 99. Did John have any info on that? No, according to the notes here I have from Mr. George, that comes from Wikizilla. Ah, I wonder, my, my theory on that is I think like every film studio on the planet was looking through their catalog and they were trying to find things that had 20th century in the title and they were playing them in 99 because that the, you know that's the last time they could say they played them in the 20th century. Oh, either that or right. they were trying yeah. to be harbingers of the apocalypse. Anyway. Yes. Also, I'm joking, by the way. That's, that's not why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, oh, but you want to know what's kind of funny? You know what's kind of funny? I talked about this briefly during The Conquest. Uh, there was funny, Mr. Machan. Uh, yes, uh, there was. Uh, you know, there's a lost Japanese King Kong movie called the called King Kong Appears in Edo. In 2012, there was a tribute to the uh, to that movie made using footage from Yeti. They tried to pass it off as that. That's interesting. the The effects are actually rather similar, like the look of the creature with the very human face. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. hair around the, the face. It's actually pretty pretty similar. I will. Well, I mean, I'll yeah. give Mr. Crow credit for one thing. He's an expressive actor. He actually he, is. He, I w- he he's good. He's very expressive. And he is a gorgeous man with a just lion's mane of, of, of hair that is just the most gorgeous hair that you can have. I, just, the, just this... Is yeah. that is that really actually his hair or was that a hair. wig? No, that was his real hair. I hope it was his that hair. Was, yeah, it was, it was it, not it, his real. It's almost like if you took a BG and Jason Momoa and put them in a blender. <laughs> yeah, just just Barry Barry Gibb and Jason Momoa. Are, wait, you get Danny. You're not advocating that this movie get remade with Jason Momoa, are you? I am 100. You know what? Hollywood remakes good movies badly every year. Why not make a <laughs> remake a bad movie and try to do it good? Remake Yeti. Giant of the 21st century. Call me Hollywood. I would watch it. Yes, I would watch the heck out of it. Hey, Sci-Fi Channel. They could do it. I mean, it wouldn't be uh, good, but it would be fun. Well... <laughs> Let's talk about some of the blatant similarities to Kong 76. So we have a Carl Denham type, and well, I can't remember. I have one little tidbit that I wanted to, to mention here while we were going through just some of the, the facts about the movie. Yeah. Um, when this movie was re-released, it actually was cut down to an hour and 36 minutes. That's true. Now, we can only imagine where the other 10 minutes of this movie went when they re-released but i'm just you know trying to figure out what 10 minutes they decided to cut from this movie what do you think (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this movie is almost two hours long two like an hour and 40 plus minutes of this guy wandering around on a pro, you know this processed into a, buildings behind him it's a there's a lot they could have trimmed this movie is probably 40 percent fat that they that they could have very easily trimmed. there so, yeah happy oh, yeah. george there's, there's a lot of long lingering shots oh, of like man. of canada landscapes <laughs> oh yeah except it doesn't do for canada what lord of the rings did for new zealand really because i feel like no. they're about on par honestly Made me want to visit Canada. It also made me hungry for of course, lasagna. Of course, do we even do we even know if that if those parts were Canada and not Italy? I honestly I couldn't tell you what scenes in this film hey, were shot where. Hey, I Chris couldn't. Cook, watch the movie and tell me which parts are Canada. Anyway, so 
like I said, we have a Carl Denham type, although he's more like the guy from Kong 76 because he's a businessman. What? Mr. DeMana, will you do me a favor, please, sir? That tray of uh, fruit there beside you. Will the, you uh, oh, grab, yeah, here it is. Will you grab me an apple and bring it to me, please? I'm uh, famished. I'm, until my spaghetti gets here, I need a snack or something. You're, you have spaghetti? Ne- never mind. Okay, apple. Apple. Here we go. Apple on the way. Here I come. Here you go. Thank you, old boy. Yes. Oh, you're very welcome. And back. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Where were we? Uh, I was going to talk about uh, the our kind of... He's not really the villain. That surprised me. He's a, this tycoon. Yeah, the, the corpulent tycoon with the, the fuzzy hair. Yeah, yeah. who uh, I swear is the mm. unholy love child of Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor and Otis. <laughs> Actually, yeah. He might, maybe yeah. they got put in the blunder. And how in blazes... Do they have Skype in the 1970s? That's actually something that I was I was wondering while we were watching it. I was like, well, that's very, very interesting that they had that technology, even though I'm pretty sure they didn't have that technology. Yeah, and uh, not only that, we also have a guy who's like Jack from Kong 76, except he's a, I think he's a cop, and he's about as traitorous as Michael. In fact, yeah. he's one of the f- only people in the movie that, you know, that uh, pretty girl, you know, is okay with Yeti killing. Before that, she's like, no, he's gentle and nice and he doesn't hurt anybody. And then he starts murdering actual bad guys. And then she doesn't care. I mean, considering what that guy and his henchmen tried to do to her and then did to the dog, I was kind of rooting for him to get squished too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about. I just, excuse me, I just want to add while we're talking about the girl in this movie. She's very attractive. Yes. We've already established that. In fact, in fact, she's, she's so attractive. She may even be more attractive than your pseudo sister. You already brought this up. This is, we've been there. You've, you've already harassed his sister before. What's going on? Uh, I mean, she's just such a lovely creature. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Anyway, we, we get off. it. We get it. I, I wish I could do that. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not the producer. I can't shut off that mic. It's You're a design stuck flaw. Me, You're stuck with me, Mister Demand. Wait, wait. Um, isn't isn't Nate's sister a twin sister? Pseudo sister. It's weird. Anyway, Uh-oh. moving on. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, we have a, uh, well, we were talking about, yeah, she just. I she looked like you. Uh, yeah. Pretty anyway, similar. she, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about him murdering people. We were talking oh, the about dog. The, the dog. Here you go. In this entire movie. Okay. Yes. Uh, Travis, here you go. Here you go. Hashtag justice the for Angel. The greatest actor in this entire movie is the dog. And I love, I love this movie so much. I have listened to so many podcasts talk about this movie and I forget which ones have talked about what. And so I can't remember which exact uh, podcast I heard this from, but somebody made the joke that, the reason why the little brother doesn't talk through the entire movie is that they gave all of his lines to the dog. And I 100% believe that is what happened in this movie. Well, even the dog is dubbed, right? (laughs) 
Oh. And then we, this, uh, this, uh, and then they cross the line. They cross the line of no return. The bad guys kill the dog. So we think. Yes, it looks like that. Do- oh my gosh! Also, like this is this is how I cope with animals getting hurt in movies because I'm a big softy and I just don't like I don't like when dogs get hurt in movies or any animal. It's like that dog is just laying there taking a nap with ketchup on him. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So they, he, but uh, uh, this the movie is so actor. manipulative, so manipulative because it makes such a big deal. You know, uh, it lingers has that lingering shot on the dog with blood all around it, and you see the knife go down. You don't see the knife go into the dog, but you hear the uh, the you see the knife go down. You hear Art, you know, all of this, and and it ah, and it that. enrages Yeti, and he just goes ballistic over it, and then strangles a guy with his toes because squishing him was too good for him. That's the other infamous part of this movie. No, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty we sure cannot, we cannot gloss over tofu. <laughs> he, you, <laughs> that was quite good, Mr. Alexander. I like that. That was good. Yes, that was. That uh, was I'm pretty. Good. I was, was just gonna say. I'm pretty sure it's not that. Uh, that what really killed that guy it. was not the strangulation or the neck snapping or whatever. It's because he was smelling the toe jam. That's what did it. Well, that it was. It was death odor. <laughs> Malodorous. That was not nearly as funny. <clears throat> uh, what? That was not nearly as funny, Mr. Marchand, as oh, Mr. Yeah. Alexander's joke. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But that's the other crazy part of this movie. So then we go through all of that. All of that. And then the dog just miraculously, out of nowhere, shows back up within the last, what, 60 seconds of the movie? And has a happy little reunion with Herbie, the little brother. And I'm just thinking, and, and it's got blood all over its chest. So like, how? How? Are you a Time Lord dog? Did you regenerate or something, Lassie? What is going on? Nathan, switch to decaf, first of all. Second of all, I don't care how the dog survived. I'm just happy that I... This is... Listen, this movie is impressively stupid. Uh, What? Wow. I, I... I can smell that in here. Good Lord. Anyway, yeah, this movie is really dumb. This movie is impressively dumb. It is not to be taken seriously, but I'm not going to lie. When the dog was alive at the end, I like I, I, I took a deep a sigh of relief that the dog was alive. I know Somehow it brings a tear care. to your eye. It made me care. It brings a uh, tear I, uh, to your eye. I was crazy. Like, the dog lived. The, the dog, I'm just happy the dog lived. The dog was rescued by the Yeti's magic healing powers. And oh, so he, he is Yeti Christ. Yeah. Yeah, he healed the dog's wounds. Well, and changed its blood into ketchup. Yes. Well, and I mean, <laughs> Yeti inex- also inexplicably started dying and needed med- uh, medical attention. No explanation whatsoever. And then they just pump him with a bit more oxygen, and he's miraculously okay again. So I guess he is Yeti Christ. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because they, they, he's dying because there's more oxygen up in the mountains where he's from yeah. than where he went because everyone knows the higher you go up, the more oxygen there is. Hi, so you have to be high universe. to like this movie. Ha 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 ha. It's why you have to. There it is again. There it's it why you have to carry like things to get rid of the oxygen when you climb up a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. He thrives closer to the. Closer to the ozone and where there's more oxygen and when he's lower down, his lungs aren't – it's the same reason like if you if you take like a deep sea fish up to the surface, it'll just like explode. 
You know, like like creatures yeah. that have bodies made for all that pressure can't go up to higher pressure or lower pressures towards the surface or their bodies will just stop working. So that's what it listen. I'm not going to defend this movie too much. They did not do a good job of explaining this in the movie. We put more thought into it than they did. But the science does. If you squint and turn your eye, kind of turn your head sideways. It, the science does kind of check out. So really? Really? No. No, it, no, not at all. No, it does. It does. I'll give him some. No. I'm, I'm willing no. to throw this movie some bones because like Travis, I too very much enjoy this stupid, stupid movie. <laughs> I really do. Some <laughs> fish bones. Some. Fi- oh, my gosh. The fish scene. Listen, Oh no. I I don't. That fish scene was grosser to me than the inflatable nipples. <laughs> um, it really like, was. It really was the most disgusting part of this yeah, movie, which like, is unbelievable it's amazing that you can take articulated rubber nipples and like that's not the worst part the worst part (laughs) yes oh my god the giant the giant fish bones and the kid pretending to eat this dead fish is the yes uh, Mr. Marchan, I'm so sorry to interrupt but but will you please let the delivery the delivery man in he's got my spaghetti the delivery man did you yes, Grubhub I, or something? I did. Yeah, I ordered something from the from the cafe. Yes, he's cafe. The door. Go, if hurry. it's spaghetti, you sure it isn't Yeti noodles? Just go and spaghetti? get the go and get the f- spaghetti, Nathan. Yeah, what was that? Where's Jet Whoa, when Jet, I need him? Aging Jet Jaguar. Yeah. Aging uh, Jet well, Jaguar. unfortunately, I'm gonna have to add it in post because Jet went home to the mainland to visit Ogoro Rokuro for the holidays. Oh, I don't f- care about yeah, what I'm robot. Just get what? me the f- what? What? What was oh, that? You know what, Nate? Just go. Nate, Travis and I got this. Okay. Just go get the spaghetti. He's starting All to right. like look at his eyes. He's unhinged. Go, All right. go, go, go. All right. Go, got go, it. Go. Fine. Go. Going. All right, Travis. Hi. How are you, man? Yes. How's it going? Are you terrified and uncomfortable? Because I, 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 I am. A, a little bit. Just, just okay. a little bit. Okay. Well, okay. I guess while he's gone, we can talk about. Let's see. We talk about how all of the dialogue in this movie is off by like, like four fifths of a second. Like just, it, it just so doesn't bad. match. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. So match. bad. I mean, we make fun of bad dubbing a lot uh, on our podcasts and on our, mm-hmm. you know, and just on social media and stuff because, because we are fans of giant monster movies, but the dubbing in this movie is the worst that we've ever seen. And I just, it's almost on the level of parody. It is so bad. There are a couple, especially when there's like all the exposition dumping going on in the dialogue. The dialogue itself is just exposition city. And it's not in sync at all, even though there looks like they're speaking English. Most of the actors are speaking English in some of the scenes, but it doesn't still doesn't sync up. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Can we can we talk about the fact that there's a scene in this movie where the helicopter footage is obviously reversed? Like, yeah, there's supposed, supposed to be gas leaking out of the Yeti tank, but it's being sucked back in, and the propeller blades are going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Uh, just, oh man, there's so much. Just there's movie. so much. I, I love it. This I love it. It is a glorious. I, I've, I've talked about this before on, on my podcast on Kaiju Weekly where, and I think even actually an episode where Nate was on, yeah. where 
I don't like movies that are purposely bad, but when, when it's so obvious that they put effort into making a good movie, but fail so spectacularly. (laughs) And this is just a great example of that. Like effort went into this movie, but they failed so spectacularly that it is just like, it is a genius level it is, it is on yeah. a whole nother it's, level. I could not agree more. It is, like I said before, it is exceptionally, like, just, like, amazingly dumb. You know, it's just, it is such a crazy, it is a monument of ineptitude. Did I just is. hear someone refer to this movie as genius? You did. You did. This is yes. what happens when you uh, have to go yes. people's DoorDash, Nate. Uh, no wonder my ears felt like they were bleeding. No, we're defending this movie right now. It's because it's th- listen, this I this movie like we were saying is is inept. It is it is objectively very poorly made. It is disturbing in weird ways. It is like like weirdly it's such a bizarre mixture of things. But the worst thing a movie can do for me is be trying to be bad on purpose and boring. And this movie I don't think is either of those things. It's not good. But it tried, and it, it is not a boring film. At least I don't think it's a boring film. And I find, it, like, one of my favorite movies is Robot Monster. That's an inept movie, but it, oh, I love yeah. it to death. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this movie just, is weird in a way that only the Italians can be. It, like, oh, really? Only Italian-made movies can be this bizarre and weird. That is actually very, very true. And I can say that because uh, if you can tell from my last name, I'm an Italian. So, I mean, the man is the most Italian thing you'll hear. (laughs) Uh, Is Chris Pratt going to play you in your biopic? I sure hope so. That would be cool. You know what? They would. I bet. You know what? You know know. what? If you're gonna have, if you're gonna remake this and throw in Jason Momoa's Yeti, throw in Chris Pratt too while you're at it. I don't care. (laughs) Can I have? Can Idris Elba voice his nipple? God no! 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 no, I hate you so much. Yes. Take the sex appeal up fifty (laughs) percent. You thought that nipple was hot stuff before? Just Uh, wait. Well, you know what? I actually Just have a note wait until Idris Elba. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? I've got to articulate it. Uh, I've got a note on here that's actually along those lines. You notice how, in true King Kong tradition, we ha- Yeti. What now? Oh man, uh, Mister Marchand, they forgot to give me a napkin. Could you please be a dear and go to the break room and get me a couple of napkins? I'm sure that Mister Demana and Mister Alexander can carry this conversation without without you. Okay, fine. Toodles, Nate. Well, now that he's gone again, oh my gosh. Oh man. What else can we talk about this movie? The fact that that he roars with King Kong's roar. Yeah. The 1970s. That's amazing. I mean, it's an old school dinosaur roar from the fifties that like every dinosaur ever is used. It's the same sound effect that Steven Spielberg used for the, the shark sinking at the end of jaws and the, the truck going off the cliff in duel. It's that that dinosaur sound Mm -hmm. and that's one of the sounds that the yeti makes and then the other sound sounds suspiciously like titanosaurus it's not but it's got that screech it's like i think yeah yeah i think they must have used like a really ticked off elephant i really don't know but (laughs) uh, i hope no elephants were like poked with anything for the making of this film i I wouldn't put it past them i wouldn't put it past them i hope not but i wouldn't put it past them 
this movie is so great, but the reason this movie is works so well, which is weird to say, but it, it has to be the acting. I mean, we talked about uh, Mimo that his acting and facial expressions make this movie what it is because just like there's, Oh man, there's so many facial expressions going on in all of these scenes and especially all of the, for lack of a better way of describing it, the bedroom eyes that he is constantly no, making what? towards. Oh, welcome back. Nate. <laughs> no, but you're completely right. Travis, those eyes, I think his eyebrow, I think his eyebrows like jump up and down at one point and he's like, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. When it's the, she the, touches the, the nipple. Oh, good. It's it. That's it's that that is icky. Like, like I mean, the nipple itself is its whole a whole grotesque can of upsetting nightmarish worms. Uh, do we want to do we talk face. about the do we want to talk about the angry faces he was made when in true King Kong fashion he hates flash bulbs on cameras? And I actually wrote down, yes, ladies, don't flash the Eddie. Actually, do flash the Eddie. Oh God! Well, wait before before we move off the nipple. <laughs> Before we move off the nipple, I do want to mention how, okay, we've talked about this inflatable nipple. We haven't mentioned the fact that Jane, yes, her name is Jane, as in like Tarzan, Tarzan, the ape man, and Jane, it's not tears off bits of hair around his nipple. Yeah, like she takes her hand back and it's got like matted, gross hair on it. It didn't look like she was pulling. It looked like she just kind of like put her hand up there and then she was like, oh, why is it coming toward me? And then took her hand off and there was just, was he shedding? Like, was he, maybe, yeah, I, I don't, know. Maybe, I don't was, know. maybe he was really like, maybe he was like really I, cold and like his hair was falling out. I don't know. I feel like I, I just you, love how as soon as you pulled your hand away and nipple hair ripped away, that would not be a very comfortable situation. Not for anybody. No, especially the viewer. Ah. <laughs> Nate, you're no one to- involved is comfortable. <laughs> no, Nate, yeah. you're, you're making constipated moose sounds. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather watched a movie about a constipated moose. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do some digging through my collection and see if I can find uh, <laughs> the one constipated of those, moose. <laughs> if anybody has it, I have it. <laughs> Why is there not a moose kaiju? Why can't Canada make a moose kaiju? I don't know. Uh, there's probably like a moose. Chris Moranis would have voiced it. <laughs> well, that would have been super great, eh? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, it would have been better. You guys were talking about the dialogue. You got. You guys were talking about the dialogue. It would have been better than things like "you old brain box." What the? What kind of line is that? Yeah, he, there were those two guys had some exceptionally terrible uh, um, nicknames and rude things to say to each other, which is actually kind of funny because when the the scientists. Uh, ends up getting his brains brains rather graphically bashed in, and uh, the leader of the company starts crying alone in his boardroom. It was actually like these guys seemed like they kind of had like a love hate relationship, but when he died, he was actually very very sad. And it's like, oh, that's cute. They're trying to make me care. Uh well, there was also yeah, another line that they I wrote. Really beat the crap out of that old man. Yeah, they, I, they that was did. hard to watch. I kind of liked him too. I liked his yeah. character. He was like, the, you know, these movies all have to have like the scientist who's. No, don't hurt the, the giant monster. I want to study him. He should be left alive. He's really gentle. 
don't please don't bash my brains in and then they bash his brains in but that i, I don't know he, he didn't deserve to die but they did although they, i do question his dietary choices because there's a point in this movie where he's eating like a bean is it a bean soup type thing and <laughs> they describe it it, it, it sounds like the most disgusting. Like I come, from, I get, look, look, my family's from Louisiana. We're Cajun. We eat anything. <laughs> that bean soup sounded disgusting. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Who knows? Hey, Maybe. Hey, or it's an Italian thing. In, Italian and Canadian thing. Please tell us. Uh, yeah, maybe. But there was also a line that I wrote down. I'm like, oh, that was actually hung up on the wall for a while. And then after my temporary producers employers got outed they took it down which was uh philosophy philosophy has no place in science yeah oh no flaccid philosophy has no place <laughs> thank you for your intro thank you for your glowing introduction mr marchand but i actually did find on the google there is a movie called the moose movie and, and the description is Two park rangers and a young coroner's assistant in Alaska battle an ancient half-man, half-moose. So there is a moose kaiju movie. And I would actually like to hear more of Mr. Alexander's Cajun Creole recipes, because that sounds truly fascinating. I mean, well, it, look, we down here near louisiana we always say if it swims slithers crawls or flies it will we'll eat it that, that sounds most delicious bases. there's a lot of things that swim and slither and crawl here on the island i'm sure we can make soup out of them i don't you know what i have a you may not want to do that because we don't want the kaiju rights activists at scale coming after us okay oh, f- the kaiju rights activist. <clears throat> what wow Whoa. The kaiju rights activist has a fair place here on the island, and I respect them deeply. But if we can come up with some culinary uh, dishes that would attract visitors, then I'm all for it. Yeah, well, good luck trying to collect uh, <laughs> some uh, turtle meat from Gamera, even though he's full of it. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was so much better than mine. Anyway, I'm going to go into the booth and remove that bottle of whatever that... Uh, you will, will not. You, no, I just want to look at it. I'm just going to bring it to the other room and... Oh, really? I from... wanted to talk about the inconsistent size for the Yeti and everything else in the special effects. Oh, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. I yeah, to yeah. Uh, we, need to talk, <laughs> we need to talk about the either very tiny Yeti or truly gigantic helicopter and that phone booth that they put Yeti in. What? Speaking of inconsistent size, Mr. Marchand. Oh, no. That's all I have. I, I don't have any more jokes after that. I just wanted to call your attention and to the inconsistent size of your hands. That's what she said. Anyway, wow. so... <clears throat> so, yes, inconsistent sizes. So, sometimes Yeti is about 25 feet tall. Other times he's the size of Godzilla and can smash buildings and catch helicopter and not catch helicopters, uh, catch elevators poorly, I might add. So he ends up saving Jane from a disaster he caused. Irony. I liked the elevator scene. Yeah, it's probably the most exciting one on there, but this movie is also operating on the logic of if someone is falling off a building, as long as they don't hit the ground, they don't die. 
So if <laughs> you if she hits Yeti's hand six feet above the street, yeah. she's totally she fine. Have, no, she would still she be would, dead. She would be a big Superman. That's Superman logic. It yeah, she would be the prettiest blood smear on his palm. Yeah, okay, listen, it's, it's not it's not the fall that kills you. It's the sudden stop. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're falling into a poorly articulated puppet hand or a nice little real estate of cement on the sidewalk. She would not have had a spinal cord. She would be that that uh, puppet. Very, very dead. The puppet hand that she falls into just a big looking like it was just (laughs) filled with sausage meat. Just I think it was just made out of sausages. It's just a big sausage hand. No, this is an Italian movie. It's stuffed full of meatballs. You're making me hungry, man. Well, I just, bu- I just collected, I just Italy. collected, spa- I just collected, is? I just yeah. collected a spaghetti for Mr. George at the door. So maybe you should talk to him. Uh, I don't really want his British cooties. Uh, well, good choice. But anyway, oh inconsistent God, sizes. Please. please. But the spaghetti is delicious, Mr. Marchand. Uh, I'm sure sorry, it Mr. is. Demana. I'm so sorry, yeah. Mr. Demana. I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, yeah. Demana. Yeah, so I don't know how straight. you can get the two of us mixed up. You're all looking the same at the moment. I yeah, do. Well, that's. Uh, There's probably like six of us, too, uh, in his uh, eyes. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, Mr. George, you racist bastard. I just. We all How look the dare same, you, Mr. March. And mm. I am not a racist bastard. You're a racist bastard. <laughs> That's the best you got. Okay, Pee Wee Herman. I know you are, but what am I? Wow. You know what? I'm, no, 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 I'm breaking this up right now. We need speaking to stay on the topic of, and talk about Yeti. Speaking of bloody Pee Wee, you uh, and your small hands. Uh, what? Wait, wait, what? 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 Wow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Travis, I think you and I, I think this might be the end. I think it might be time for us to. No, I want to talk about the phone booth. I want to talk about the Yeti TARDIS. Okay. Okay. We can talk about the Yeti TARDIS. Okay. Okay. Because it's obviously bigger on the outside, bigger on the inside. It is on the outside or because that helicopter should be huge or Yeti should be like 10 feet tall. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's like a, about the same size as the helicopter. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The scaling in this. My favorite bad scaling shot in the whole movie is when he's carrying the girl and walking down the street. And you can see that the people on the ground come up to his knees, but the, the girl in his hand is barely like in, it's like very, very small in his hand. So like if that had been accurate, the girl in his hand would have been like, three feet tall yeah if that or yes it's completely ridiculous it looks like it looks like a guy carrying a doll because it is a it really does in terms of scaling it doesn't look yeah also also speaking of tiny people on the street do we want to talk about how (laughs) uh, yeti has groupies yeti does have groupies yes i would have totally been a yeti groupie in the 70s I would have been wearing one of the shirts that has the Yeti hands over my chest and yes. screaming That's, Yeti. That says, kiss me Yeti on the ones. back. Dude, Yeti kiss Woodstock. Kiss me Yeti. Kiss me Yeti. I'm Yeti Woodstock. Yeti Woodstock. You know, and the, here's a good question. If Yeti has groupies and Michael is the Kaiju groupie, is Michael also a Yeti groupie? 
Well, if he were Yeti is a kaiju. No. I will say this. I won't no, argue. He's a Clifford groupie. Uh, obviously. But see, that is true. unlike, but see, here's the thing. Unlike Clifford, I will argue that Yeti is a kaiju. Okay. Back that one up. I'm, I'm curious. Well, he's got the size. He's got the strangeness for sure. Okay. And apparently he has bizarre powers because he can magically heal a dog and come back from the dead. <laughs> that is not, that is fanon. That has not been confirmed. I, you know what? If it were confirmed <laughs> that, that the Yeti has magical dog healing Jesus powers, then I would 100% support that because that's a, you can't tell me that's not the most amazing thing ever put into a movie, but I don't, oh. I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of believe it, but I, I don't know. I don't see well. the proof. Well, you know what else is kind of amazing? They have a striker from Mortal Kombat in this, and he's still a cop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. He was apparently oh. slumming it before he got to Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. Also, this, was, uh, especially yeah. at the end, this movie actually proves that little boys like Herbie need to be seen and not heard. Wow. I've been, sitting on, I've been sitting on that joke for a while. I, I can tell. Herbie. I can tell. Herbie, 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 dude, there was a they scene er, name like early in this movie million times. I know. I, I'm going to keep track next time I watch. There's a scene in this movie where I swear there's a, like when the, the sister turns around and says, Herbie, there's a car driving behind the little kid. And I was like, are you talking to the car? <laughs> is that, is that the Herbie? Herbie fully loaded, fully loaded. Fully uh, also, how the heck do you miss a, a, a is, how the heck do you miss a giant monkey with an RPG? Yeah, that that it almost takes more skill to be that terrible at shooting an RPG than it would to just shoot the monkey. Monkey. Oh my gosh, though, that was that was a like, he literally he was looking right at it and it did, it wasn't even close. It just went like way off in the corner. Oh, but, but since we're on the subject of monkeys, because apparently I need to get through this, would you like a, a quick little history about Yeti cryptids? Oh, is this our Toku topic? Did we Yeti. call it? You can call it that. Okay. Apparently, he, okay. the research had to be done. We're gonna learn about the Yeti. We'll learn about the Yeti. Yeah, it's like it's like the the '96 movie Werewolf that was done on MST, where they keep calling it a Warwolf. Oh, and nobody can, nobody can keep track of us. <laughs> nobody can keep track. It's like, those absolutely fascinating. You're telling me those of a Vorville? What? A what? War, a Wait, did this movie star Tommy Wiseau? What? Oh, it was Tommy. Yeah, oh my gosh. That, that, honestly, this is about room levels of disaster piece. I mean, it's not it's not quite a that majestic. Oh, oh no. Oh no. You're not going to add Tommy. You're not going to add Tommy Wiseau to your cast list for your Yeti oh. remake are you oh he are you that would be the best decision i could possibly make as the creator of this remake that would be amazing so oh, tommy was who would he play oh, who would tommy oh, was so play <laughs> who would he's tommy a, a, oh man yes that, I, yes please oh hi hi doggy you got shot you got ketchup on you <laughs> look at the oh, oh he's hi, got you're telling me about you, a little nipple. <laughs> Look at his little baby face. Uh, which oh, would, would, would Tommy you know, was so would Tommy was so be the scientist? Tommy was so would play every character. 
including the Yeti. No, Just no, we need Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is the Yeti. I already have that set in stone. He's the Yeti. I think, and we I need to have Tommy Chris Rousseau. Pratt as the, as the traitorous detective, the voice yes. of the dog, the voice the of the dog, dog. <laughs> the voice of the dog. Yes. And we already have Idris Elba playing not not the left nipple, just the right nipple, because that's the only one in the film um, mm-hmm. when they get the close up. Because yes. God knows they didn't have the budget to build two expanding. Articulate so in order units. to save on uh, so in order to save on I money, mean, Tommy yeah. Wiseau plays the rest of the cast. I think Tommy Wiseau plays either the scientist or he has a cameo in like a like as the, the leader of the company. Like oh, he's so he's like, oh, hi, I need you to go to Himalayas and go to the Yeti. I found a big monkey. <laughs> the monkey's a big monkey. I want you to go get monkey, huh? And he goes and gets the monkey. That He could do that. Oh, hi, monkey. Uh, he could do that. You know, either that or he plays every role that isn't Chris Pratt or Jason Momoa. Oh, no. I happen to be a big fan of Polly Shore. Oh, oh God! So I'm wondering where Polly Shaw would fit into this equation. Oh, She's good the other Godzilla. Nipple. Anyway, really, Yeti really cryptids. Cool. Anyone? Are we going to talk about the chupacabra? Uh, chupa thingy? No. Yes, the, the chupacabra. The chupacabra. The uh, thing that's the thing that's are, not on the island, but we want to bring it here. Wait, wait, wait. Did you did you goats. find Jimmy's stash? Oh, I brought my own stash, Mr. March. Oh, good Lord. Just what I need. Wait, Jimmy, have, Jimmy has a mustache now? No, he, Jimmy oh. has a wonderful stash of Jack Daniels in the green room. I'm amazed yeah, you would. Uh, I'm amazed you would want it. Call? Is there someone we can call about this to like get him? Out? I don't think he should drive. Uh, home. Uh, well, they're, they're all hearing it now. I mean, hey, yeah, if anyone out there wants to like Uber. come and like help him, don't let him drive. Like maybe take him home. It'll drive. We don't have roads oh, here fine, on the Mr. island. I'm fine, Mr. Demana. Thank you for your call. We're calling him yeah. a kaiju Uber. A kaiju Uber. A kaiju Uber. Uh, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, Uber Mogura? Kaiju Uber. Uh, Which reminds me of my Uber second Mogura? wife. She was a real cougar. So, uh, oh, good oh, lord. Well, okay. that certainly is nice, Mr. Um, uh, we we got to get him out of here. Yeah, we do, <laughs> because I, I'm, start, I'm not sure if he means that metaphorically or she was in cats but <laughs> i don't want to stick around to find out let's talk about yetis and get, get, uh, yeah get this guy yeah out of here. i tell you what there was one there was one pussy that pleased me that's oh good yes. lord moving on jaguar where are you? Uh, he went back, back to, to the, the mainland i told you already anyway Come back to the island so so anyway the funny thing is, is from what I can tell looking at these notes, that the Yeti in this movie is not too far off from how people have described it when they think they've seen it, except the one in the movie is a heck of a lot bigger. They describe him as Andy Gibb, but with a hair diaper? Yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, speaking of being bigger. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> when, just, let's just talk over him. When I when I visited the um, excuse me, when I visited the Empire State Building, I was quite amazed of how big it actually was. It was a very impressive building, quite right. Yes, yes, yeah, I know. I've that's... been there too. Anyway, so yeah, the, they they actually say it's about it's dark grayish, reddish brown, about two hundred to four hundred pounds. It's a little smaller than than the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot's supposed to be about six feet tall. Some people also think it's a, quad, a quadruped and not a biped. There's a little bit of confusion. 
And the the Yeti goes actually goes all the way back to ancient legends of folklore from the Himalaya from the Himalaya people. And in those stories, the Yeti is a figure of danger. And the moral of the story is a warning to avoid dangerous wild animals and stay close to your community. And fun fact, when Alexander the Great moved into that area during his great conquest in 326 BC, he demanded the local people in the Indus Valley to show him a Yeti, and they couldn't find one because they said it couldn't survive at such a low altitude. Hmm. There you go. What was that? Oh, good Lord. Okay, let's just keep going. Yeah, 1921, 1921, a journalist by the name of Henry Newman interviewed some British explorers who went to a, on a Mount Everest expedition, and they claimed that they saw very large footprints that they attributed to the Meto Kongmi, which means man bear snowman. The literal translation of Mito was filthy, and he decided to go with abominable because they thought it sounded better. So that's where the name does. came from. Funny thing, I don't, Yeti is not on the island, but we do have the snowman and his kid. Okay, that, that's actually going to be my next question. Is the Yeti actually nope. here? Nope. Yeti is still hanging out in the Canadian wilderness, and he can stay there. Anyway. Okay. Uh, two hikers claim they... I heard it gets quite nippy up there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank, I earned that one. Uh, uh, two hikers claim they saw a Yeti in 1942 and gave a description, like as it matches the movie. March 1986, a guy named Anthony Wooldridge, who was uh, who went, went hiking in the Himalayas, and he thought he saw a Yeti standing in the snow about 500 feet away. Didn't make any noise, and it didn't move. He took photographs, and they've been analyzed and found to be genuine, but now people just think it was just a, you know, a rock formation that he saw. Disappointed mm-hmm. a lot of people. That is disappointing. Yep. Yep. One of these days, we're going to find you, Yeti. We're going to get you on camera. We're coming for you, man. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, you know who else was very interested in Yetis back in the day? Sir Edmund Hillary. You might know him as one of the first men to scale Mount yeah. Everest. Claimed yes. he found... The first person to reach the top. Mm-hmm. That's right. Along with Tenzing Morgay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He claimed that he found a scalp of the beast, uh, which, you know, it's helmet-shaped. Turned out that it was actually from an animal called a Ciro, which is a Himal, which is a kind of like, it's a Himalayan animal, kind of like a goat. I don't know how you get a goat and a monkey mixed up, but sure. <sighs> you know, and he was a big advocate for the, uh, for finding Yeti. And well, you know, then the, the Canadians found him, I guess. In 2007, an American TV host named Josh Gates claimed he found footprints. A lot of people over the years, including Mr. Hillary, have claimed that they have found footprints. That's one of the most common things people find for Yeti and Bigfoot is footprints. Okay, I want to take a break uh, here for just a second and just say, Josh Gates, I can't stand the man. I've never heard of him, so... He he hosts um, a, a lot of TV shows on like Discovery, History, whatever channel that he hosts. Expedition Unknown is his most well-known show that mm-hmm. he does. But he does a bunch of uh, shows like that. He does actually have like a, a doctorate from an accredited school in archaeology of some kind. I forget specifically what he focuses on, but he is he's more of a TV guy and very much just annoying and his style of going out and trying to discover these like ancient 
creatures and beasts and stuff is to wander out into the woods, scream, hey, Yeti, are you here? And when it doesn't answer him, he's like, we haven't found any evidence of it in this location. <laughs> Apparently like, he needs to go to the Canadian wilderness then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Those, those I, shows, I can't stand the guy. Those shows are um, I find them entertaining and like a not great kind of way. Like, I love a good documentary where like somebody will go out into the wilderness and try to actually you know, try to prove the existence of something that hasn't been seen before. I love that kind of stuff. But when you have these guys go out there and they're just yeah. like, hello, Yeti, are you there? <laughs> Do you exist? If yeah. you exist, please clap twice. Like, like why? Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it uh, reminds me of someone in this room. Anyway, it also explains why the footprints he found are not on display in a museum. They're at a, they're on display in Disney World. Oh, that's right. They're in Expedition Everest, which is yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so here's my here's my tangent that is kind of funny. So I had a funny moment while I was watching this movie, listening to all the disco music that was going on. <laughs> um, it reminded me Expedition Everest ride at uh, Disney World, where they have that you. It's like a roll. It's a roller coaster. I've never been on it myself, but you you get on a roller coaster and it, you're supposed to be going up the Himalayas, and then this big. Yeti attacks you and it's like a 20, 25 mm-hmm. foot. I don't remember how tall it is, but it was at the time the biggest audio animatronic ever built on planet earth. And it's this huge animatronic Yeti, but unfortunately it was so its movements were so crazy and erratic the way it was programmed that it actually started damaging the infrastructure of the, <laughs> of the ride in the mountain. So they had to turn mm-hmm. it from a mode into B mode where it didn't move as much. And then they flashed strobe lights on it to make it look like it was moving. And that's still how it is today, all these years later. And Disney fans yes. call it disco Yeti. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so it's, there's, yeah, I've, I've actually been on the ride. It's, it's a much more frightening looking Yeti than what we got in the movie. Uh, yeah, yes, it's kind of yeah, it, it barely moves. Yeah, yeah, it does. It used to move like it was alive. It looked amazing in per. I mean, I never seen it in person, but I've seen videos of it being developed and, uh, it was really impressive, but it was actively destroying the mountain and they can't fix it because they built the Yeti into the mountain. So they'd have to rip most of the mountain out and it would cost them quintillion dollars or something ridiculous. So they're, they're going to, they say they're going to do it one day, but uh, it's been, I don't know how many years since that ride went up and they haven't fixed disco Yeti yet. So disco Yeti is kind of a a running joke for Disney people. Well, there you go. There you go. (sighs) Yes. Anyway, there were some hunters in China in 2010 thought they found a Yeti, but you know, it, it was kind of like a bear. Then after upon examination turned out to be a civet, which is a cat. Jeez. I mean, a lot of people think, Oh, we caught a Yeti. Sorry. It was just a rabbit. Oh, here's one. for Well, here's one for you. The, they found a, a severed finger in a monastery in Nepal. And uh, it was examined at the Edinburgh Zoo. Oh, well, maybe our friend in the booth might know something about this. In 2011, turned out it was him. it was uh, actually a monk finger. Oh, so not a monkey, but just so, a monk. Yes. Great. Thank you. So uh, the thing in the monastery was actually a whole hand. And there's an interesting story involved with that hand uh, and them trying to smuggle it out of Nepal because the people who, you know, have the monastery who run the monastery are not. uh, It's the uh, the Pang Bochi hand. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's in India. And and. There's still debate on whether the hand that is there is actually the original hand at all, or if it was actually stolen 
and never replaced because it was stolen at one time and then they thought it was replaced brought back but but there's like there's still thought that it might be just like chicken bones that are tied together and made to look like a hand I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh, so is That's that so not cool. the one? Is that the one that Jimmy Stewart tried to smuggle in 1959? Yes, I think so. I think I think it is the same hand that that Jimmy Stewart actually like was <laughs> like famous actor Jimmy Stewart was involved in trying to smuggle out of the country of Nepal. Like, why don't they make that into a movie? That would you know that be make for a very interesting thriller, wouldn't it? <laughs> the great the great Yeti uh, heist basically that would be great but uh really it is really an interesting story and like his wife was involved in it because his wife is like we'll put it in my suitcase because back in the in the 50s if they did do uh luggage checks which they didn't they didn't do very often they would not check women's undergarments because of just indecency and so she was like well we'll just smuggle it in there So it's like, we're going to smuggle a Yeti hand in women's underwear. Yeah. (laughs) It's a cryptid hand in your undies. Uh, It's uh, so, so, and so instead of, so instead of a human hand touching a Yeti nipple, it's a Yeti hand touching a human nipple. I, 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 she's not wearing the underwear at the time. I didn't. We're not going there. <laughs> no, no, she, no, she stuffed it in her bra like you do, like wads of cash. Whenever, yeah. you, oh, yeah. you know. Anyway, did you know that Moldo Russia actually held a conference? I guess you could say a, a con for Bigfoot experts in Siberia. 2011 claimed they had 95 percent indisputable proof of a Yeti. Turned out, wow. and then a bunch of American professors proved it was a hoax. Yeti can't catch a break. No, he can't. It's just, it's always, uh, like and an it's funny that, uh, yeah. And then it's funny that you brought up the thing about the, you know, the necklace of bones, but there was an Oxford geneticist in 2013 named Brian Sykes got a whole bunch of stuff, like 57 D- uh, samples of DNA with things like, you know, teeth and hair and other things. And he was examining all of them to see if, you know, they were actually Yeti DNA or not. And turned out that most of them were familiar animals like cows. Although he did discover that one of the teeth belonged to a Pleistocene polar bear. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. Not quite Yeti cool, but it's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, by the way, the Himalayas, you know, where the, uh, where these things are supposed to be seen is in Tibet, Russia, Nepal, India. And some people think that Yetis are, what is, what is it called? Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. Yeah. yeah. A Same prehist- thing with uh, Bigfoot. Yeah. A prehistoric ape that lived in Asia 300,000 years ago. Yeah. That's yeah. actually. Well, but the, the problem with that is gi- Gigantopithecus lived nowhere near the mountains. Yeah. They it were like lowland critters. In the subtropic kind of, yeah, lowland areas of Asia, not mountain forest and like tundra areas. And they could have adapted over the years and like, you know, grown thicker for a lot of animals have, have done that. Like, you know, bears didn't originally come from the Arctic and eventually like most bears, bears that are around right now are descended from the same genus as the grizzly bear. And then the grizzly bear split off into multiple different groups. And then some like, I want to say like, I don't remember what the exact number is, but polar bears and grizzlies are like genetically very, very close to being the same animal. (laughs) They're just, you know, they've got Mm. one of them has more blubber and, fur that uh, catches uv a little bit differently yeah but it could have been like that like animals move to adapt 
all yeah. the time. But the problem is that apes are not very adaptable, especially if they've been in one location for a long time. It's one of the reasons that deforestation actively just like renders apes close to extinction is because you can't just say, Hey, chimpanzee, leave this forest and go live in a, you know, in a desert or in in a grassy field. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. work like that. They're so suited to where they live that if their habitat goes, so goes the habitat, so goes the species. So it's possible that, you know, human, like maybe early human hunting or habitat change or something like that might've driven ancient primates up to the mountains, but it's, uh, I mean, it's certainly possible, but it seems like a, it would, it would be a lot of adapting very, very quickly, but yeah. it's an interesting theory. Yeah. Well, yetis are also in Buddhist mythology. They're peaceful creatures and they're very shy. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. They lived in snow caves and glaciers on the Ganges river. Most of the sightings now are apparently not in Canada. They're in K2. And apparently the name Yeti comes from a word that's uh, the word uh, Yeta, which means rock thing. Ah! Rock thing. (laughs) And in pre-Buddhist cultures, there was a glacier giant that was worshipped by the Lecha people. There's even Tibetan Nepalese monasteries that have skulls and bones of Yetis. And now some of them in the Smithsonian. Yes. There's like a lot of them out there too. There's there's a lot of monasteries mm-hmm. and remote areas that claim to have various body parts of these things. And it's it's kind of crazy how depending on where you go in the world, there are legends of ape-like creatures that are venerated. I mean, you were just talking about the Yeti. If you go to North America, there are a lot of uh, Native American tribes that talk about Sasquatch in the same way as kind of this wise thing, you know, that mm-hmm. You don't see often, but, you know, yeah. it's there, supposedly. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they do talk about, like, hairy, hairy men. Like, kind hairy of like, animal men, you know? Yeah, Not necessarily, like, like ape people, yeah, like, just hairy wild men. Yeah, there's a lot of, right, there yeah. was a lot of stuff uh, about but, that but from what I'm seeing in these notes. A lot of people think that the word Sasquatch kind of comes from Native American word that's been taken to, you know, apply to this, this animal that we, we know of as Bigfoot. That's not actually the case. Sasquatch was actually invented by someone in the modern day. It was actually like, it it was not that long ago that that word was actually created and started being used. So uh, it's, it's kind of like the skinwalker thing. Like people say, Oh, the skinwalker has been part of part of native American culture for such and such amount of time. It's like, no, no skinwalkers are a thing that was created fairly recently by people who just want to use native American kind of like the mysticism of, of the, Oh, the weird uh, native people to sell something very crazy and weird but But, you know we talk about like modern day sightings i was just online looking at the news the other day and just like two days ago there was a bigfoot sighting in georgia that was filmed and was put on line for people to see and examine oh wow oh boy I'm going to have to check that out. Well, this would normally be the part where I tell Jimmy to to find that and put it in his notes, but he's not here. No. It's still to this day what? It's still to this day. People are seeing things like the Yeti and Bigfoot and stuff. And it's just just like two days ago was posted online. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's funny that you bring up. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. He's awake. Don't worry, Mr. Marchand. I am looking up the Georgia Bigfoot as we speak, and I will put it in my notes. You're going to do the notes, too? 
Whatever we yes, do without I'm, you. Yes, I'm going to do the notes as well. Oh, See, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Yeah, we all know what you are. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> by the way, it's funny that you bring up the stuff about yeah. uh, the word Sasquatch. Did you know that, according to these notes, there was a, in 2003, there was a Japanese researcher and mountaineer named Dr. Makoto Nabuka who did a 12 year linguistic study on the word Yeti. 12 years? Yes. And he, wow. he wow. thought that it was a corruption of the word meti which is original dialect term for bear in tibet huh but then a bunch of people immediately jumped on him and said no in fact (laughs) they even said they even said one guy said dr raj kumar uh, pandri actually said quote it is not enough to blame tales of of the mysterious beast of the himalayas on words that rhyme but mean different things hmm that's interesting. That is a good point. That is a good yeah. point. Because words that get corrupted in language are not just words that rhyme and get twisted like that. Like it's more of how meanings of words get adapted over mm-hmm. time and get twisted. Mm-hmm. And then just for fun fact right here, the first Yeti sighting was in 1832 by James Princep. No, excuse me. Now he published. It was published in his journal of Asiatic studies, the Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal. It was a trekker in northern Nepal who said he saw a bipedal creature with with long dark hair. They thought it was an orangutan. Huh. Here's something for you. This oh. sounds eerily similar to another movie that I covered on this show, but this technically predates it. How's this for you? I'm not, where does this come from? This comes from the uh, the cryptid wiki because there's a cryptid, there's a wiki for everything. But, you know, thanks, Mr. George, for perusing the cryptid wiki for us. Quote, on February 2nd, 1959, nine hi- hikers camped out in the mo- in a mountain pass, which would soon be named Dyatlov Pass. It's in Russia. Leading the group oh, was- yeah, the Dyatlov Pass. Yeah. Leading the group was Igor Dyatlov, this strange happening occurred in the Earl Mountains on the east face of Kolat Sigal. I hope I said that right. It's, Russia. It's the Ural Mountains. Yeah. Ural Mountains. It's the Ural Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the Dyatlov Pass, I actually know a lot about the Dyatlov Pass. Oh, um, do you? So tell us about it. Yeah. So. Yeti has been put up as one of the one of the explanations for what happened there, but it's it's like very it's it's on the same level of like the people who put up aliens as the explanation for what oh. happened. So, so <laughs> oh, wait, nine hikers, wait. So we do we need to make that meme with the the crazy crazy hair guy from the History Channel instead of aliens? It says Yeti. Yeti. That's right. Yeti. This is a crazy story, um, by the way. This so, is a crazy story. Yeah. So, so Danny, you know about the Dyatlov Pass? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah, all yeah, of the it's, uh, it's really famous. Yeah. yeah the totally, uh, all really the hikers. So these these, go these for nine it. hikers. Uh, they're all in. They're all in their tw- like twenties. I think one of them was in their late thirties, early forties. They all head up to the Ural Mountains to this area that is not inhabited and it's not habitable because of the the just aridness of it and they they're experienced mountain climbers they've done this before they go up to these mountains they make camp and at some point they disappear and for a long time nobody 
I knew what happened to them. When they finally, you know, send people up to try to find them, they do find a few of their bodies spread out away from the campsite. The campsite, the tent from the campsite was cut from the inside and their bodies were all damaged and beaten. And some of them were missing clothing and things like that. And it looked like they had basically been attacked by something. But it actually it's actually a very interesting story of how they came across or how they came to the conclusion of what actually happened they only they only came to a conclusion of what actually happened that you know during that event this year or last year i think it was this year was when they announced they figured out they think they figured out what happened and it was actually because of disney going back to disney So the Disney animators had to write a program for animating the movie Frozen that actually created snow and basically taught the computer how to produce snow and make snow move in a realistic way. And this person who studies snow drifts and avalanches and everything saw the movie frozen was like hey this is actually really realistic i'd love to know you know what algorithm you use what kind of math you use to tell the computer how to do this and then they applied it to the snow around or what was you know there in in the conditions in the diatlov pass on that night and they've actually think that what happened was that these hikers built their campsite in an area with unstable snow which ended up crashing down you know kind of like a mini avalanche but it wasn't a full avalanche but a mini avalanche that crashed down buried them in the snow that's why they cut themselves out and because of a combination of hypothermia so you have your paradoxical undressing and getting lost in the middle of the night in a snow snowy area with no sources of light and falling down ravines because one of a few of them was found at the bottom of a ravine it kind of explains all of the things that that were unexplainable in the bodies that they found you know of all of these nine hikers uh the only thing that wasn't explained is one of them one of the bodies was radioactive and that's still never been 100% explained oh yeah darn it isn't that crazy yeah that is nuts and i did uh, i don't see any of that in the research i think my new producer is dropping the ball i think he's just dropped off the ball entirely and uh, no uh, uh, quite possibly Although, like I, I was hinting at, this the, sounds eerily similar to Half Human to me, but this was several years after Half Human. The whole Dyatlov Pass incident seems creepy when you hear the story. Like, when you hear the story and you just hear the way it's told by a, a lot of people, it sounds so creepy. You know, these hikers go up there, they disappear. When they're found, their bodies are beaten and mangled, and, and there's something wrong with them, almost like they were attacked by something and brutally beaten by something. But then the more you look into it, it's like, no, this is just what happens to a body when it falls or gets crushed by snow was, and it becomes less creepy the more you actually read about it it was uh was he trying to get attention i heard a clink yeah. i was just trying to say what that i was i was thoroughly entertained by what mr alexander was saying uh, what what 
what was it? You don't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. I, uh, I understand, but that you don't sound the same. Are you okay? It's it's fine. Just leave me alone. It's fine. But I was thoroughly entertained by what wait, Mr. Wait, Alexander wait, was saying. Wait, wait, uh, yes, time, but time out, time out, time Nate, out. Nate, Nate, he wants to be left alone. Wait. Just shh, okay. Just leave me alone, Nate. Okay. What are you talking about? Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, the Discovery Channel hosted a special about this with the uh, hyperbolic title of Russian Yeti: The Killer Lives. Yeah, that's right up there with Ankylosaurus Killer of the Living. I'm killer sure. of the Living. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's uh, basically all that uh, from these notes that I really want to go through because I am done. So freaking done talking about this movie. Man, see, I think I could keep going for another couple hours talking about how much this this movie is awesome. I, was, I don't think you could survive it. You're a little bipolar there. What? You wanted us to leave you alone. What do you want? I command you, Mr. Marchand, on behalf of the Monster Island Board of Directors, you are to talk about this film for at least, oh, bloody hell, what the hell time is it? Uh, another 45 minutes. You know what? No. How dare you disobey the Board of Directors? Mr. Marchand. You're not in your right mind. You are drunk. How dare you say I'm not in my right mind, oh boy. I am perfectly in my right mind. You, I know, I'm no, you are clearly right drunk. In fact, you are I'm so drunk. Clear, you are no, how dare you say I'm clearly drunk? I am not clearly drunk. I am the producer of the Monster Island Film Vault with on behalf of the Monster Island Board of Directors. It's fine. It's fine. I promise it's fine. It's fine. Uh, wait, hold it's, on. It's fine. Hold it's on. Fine. Are you Scottish? Uh, no, f you. I'm not Scottish. No. That, well, well, maybe a little bit on my mother's side. I'm a little bit Scottish on my mother's side. Are you kidding me? You have been fooling all of us for how long now? A year into thinking that you're some posh British man and you're actually. Uh, oh, f you i'm just some scotsman that just happened to be locked out into some f job here on the <sighs> island i've had them all full i've had all these little f fools for all so long well, but it's from your mother's side so you're half scottish you, yes, you're, uh, i'm half scottish mr my channel oh someone a little uh, someone a little ashamed of his heritage there no no i'm not ashamed of my heritage i'm not ashamed of my heritage i had to pretend like i'm some posh british man so i could get into university Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Does watching Braveheart rip your brain in half? I'm sure it does. Watching Braveheart makes me it actually tickles my pickle. To be honest with you. Oh, good lord! That's more than I needed to know. Uh, oh, and he's pouring himself some more. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to wrap this up? Because uh, this is yeah, coming yeah, off. Yeah, I'm, I'm set to go. I'm the set to rails. Go. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's let's finish this. Uh, do we want to do one of my favorite segments or do we just want to breeze right through it and just get this over with? Let's just, let's just, let's just get it over with, man. Okay. I, so I think, you know what? It's yeah. time for, let's do our Patreon shout outs here. Okay. You're ready. I've had to do, we've had some uh, shakeups in the Patreon department here. Well, first off, we need to shout out Mr. Alexander. You're one of the patrons and then your co-host, Michael, who's playing the part of Judas today. Yes. I demand to be a part of the, what the f*** did you call it? The Patreon shout-outs. The shout Patreon shout-outs. You want to shout-out yes. a few people? 
Yes, I will share. Okay. You give me a, you give me a name and I'll shout him out. Yes. Okay. Eric Anderson, he's our newest one. Eric Anderson, welcome to the party, Eric Anderson. Oh, You're good. You're a wonderful patron. Thank oh, you. Oh, good lord. This is uh, we uh, we definitely uh, ran right up to an R rating there. And Danny, you're a patron too. Hi, I'm a patron. Uh, next, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are uh, we are coming off the rails. Uh, we have Eli Harris as well. <sighs> I can't even play the sounder because I think. Our buddy over there, you know, Mr. Drunk Scotsman, he's got got control of that. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got what? Where's the button for this thing? Yeah, uh, now Man, he can't. Now f- he can't even find it. Obviously, and then Chris Cook, who's been mentioned several times because sort of Canadian movie, Bex from Redeemed Otaku, who would probably not appreciate the language today, and Damon Noise. Obviously, and it was one of the most adamant of our patrons, uh, the Cellcast, and my personal favorite, Tofu Fury, which I still think needs to be a real movie. That's true. I, you know what? Before we move on, I am going to, I have to do that one. That one's just fun. Okay. Tofu Fury. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Now we can he, go. Gets a, he gets a little extra. And uh, I can't, what is it now? I just want to add. That Mr. Damon Noyce is a wonderful human being. And so is Bex. Bex is a beautiful woman. And oh, she's a, she's got a charming personality. And I'm glad that she took care of your beautiful, if there be sexy, pseudo sister. Oh my gosh, she is. We, God. Let's wrap this up, guys. We got. Yeah, I am uncomfortable. She I is. Uh, uh, she is going. I think she's going to lightning laser you right through the face. I'm just. They're just telling you right now. I might like it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you'll also be dead anyway. Um, anyway, uh, I need yeah. to mention, I, again, I don't have the sounder because the you know the drunk idiot in the producer booth has that. Who are you calling a drunk idiot? Uh, you heard me. A, you heard me. But anyway, I would normally. It's your f- uh, producer, Jimmy, who's passed out on the f- floor. Oh, he admits it. He admits it. Anyway, you just admit to what you did to Jimmy, and everyone heard you. Congratulations, oh, I did. I did you made ki- the same mistake yeah. your bosses did. I did all kinds of stuff to Jimmy, and he liked it. I'm uh, fake news. At least okay. I hope that's fake news. Uh, okay, moving on. Yes. Moving uh, on. Anyway, I can't play the sounder for it, but I do need to let everybody know season three. Yes, we know. We heard starts next month. And it'll be Amerikaiju. Our first episode for Amerikaiju is going to be The Lost World from 1925. And right, my, my what? Yes. And my guest will be Ryan the Omni Viewer Collins, a very popular YouTuber. He's been on the show before. What? Ignore him. Keep talking. Yes. Just ignore him. Keep talking. All right. And then Godzilla Redux continues with Rodan from 1956. And I'm going to have Kaiju Cam on. Mr. Imagined. I'm talking. You have to listen to me when I'm talking because I'm your superior. I'm. I'm sure I'm I'm used to oh f- me. <laughs> I thought this was a Yeti episode, not a Loch Ness episode. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to wonder. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure the I'm sure the Nessie's his favorite. Uh, Nessie's still in Scotland. They won't move Nessie out of the Nate, lock. Nate, let's let's Yeah. Let's, let's anyway, you guys need to do your shameless self promotion now. Do it. Okay. No, Travis, you go first. 
you can listen to me on Kaiju Weekly, a weekly podcast that uh, introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies uh, with my co-host Michael. And I also host the Henshin Men podcast with Nathan Chand. And yeah, we go through uh, different tokusatsu superhero shows and their high flying and high kicking adventures. Currently, we're going through Common Rider. Go check us out there uh, and also check out Kaiju Ramen Magazine dot com because that's where you can find out more about Kaiju ramen magazine Mm -hmm. newest issue just came out congratulations issue four yes Mm -hmm. all right danny what do you got i am the uh, author and creator of the godzilla novelization project an ongoing creative endeavor to novelize novelize every japanese godzilla film and share the resulting books 100 free by the way online with godzilla fans around the world who'd like to read them i am writing books i am writing short stories by the time this episode comes out the first part of an adaptation of the birth of godzilla from godzilla versus king Ghidorah will be out for people to read I am also doing Godzilla timelines. I am also writing Godzilla-related blogs for this website. I also host the Monster Musings podcast for GNP Patreon members. So if you want to chat with me about Godzilla, look me up on Twitter, look me up on Facebook, Godzilla Novelization Project at gmail.com if you want to send me questions or have a long-form conversation with me. If you'd like to be a patron and uh, listen to my super nerdy podcast, you can go to a Look for up the Godzilla novelization project on Patreon and join for as low as $1 a month. And uh, oh my gosh, what else? I feel like I need to rush through this. Uh, if you want to read the original 1954 Godzilla novelization written by Shigeru Kayama, my buddy Robert Monserrat and I translated it into English last year. So that's online. Look up projectkayama.wordpress.com to read that. I'm very uncomfortable and scared. Are we done? I think we are, unless... Mr. Scotsman has some oh boy. shameless self-promotion. Actually, I... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Mr. DeManna, you yes. and Mr. Alexander are two lovely people, and I highly recommend you listening to your... anyone listening to your podcast. Kaiju Weekly is fantastic. We listen to it weekly on the Monster Island here. Uh, the Monster Island Board of Directors loves it. And Mr. Demana, you are one of our favorite, favorite guests to have here on the island. And Mr. Alexander, thank you so much for joining us. You are such a charming human being. It's genuinely nice of you. Thank you. That, that was uh, that was interesting. I'm sure he's got yeah. nothing nice to say about me. Oh no, you can go f- yourself, Matt. Oh goodness gracious! Hey, wait a minute. Who's that behind you, Mr. George? What? Oh, 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 how you doing, Jimmy? How you doing? Oh, whoa! Well, hi, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I see you have recovered from the tasing. Well, it took you dang long enough. Huh. We've been putting up with that guy for a long time, you know. That was a decent karate chop to the neck. Is I mean, yeah, he is, uh, he is kind of a jack wagon, but is he going to be okay? Oh, okay, I get it. You're a black belt in Kirk Fu. Mm, yeah, uh, he'll he'll be out for a few hours, but he'll be uh, he's otherwise fine. <laughs> Got it. Kirk Fu, Kirk Fu, and Tofu so far this episode. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I feel like the tension just dropped a lot. I I don't know. I could go another forty minutes. How about you guys? How about no cue credits?
Thank you for listening to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you enjoy the show and want to join the discussion, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Your message could be read on a future episode of the show. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault and on Twitter where our handle is at TheMonsterIsla1. You can also follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and the Monster Island Board of Directors at Monster Isla BOD. I have fulfilled my contractual obligations! And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and Twitch. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive Live Edit by B33J, Sarax, Juan Madrano, and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack Battle with the Colossus and The Open Way Battle with the Colossus by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara! Oh, my aching head. I really, you know, I should bop him over the head, but you know what? I could really use a drink. That'll do.